What a beautiful time to sing together. Can we just give it up for um, our friends who came from Portland to come and serve us tonight? And and can we also just give it up for our band, thanking them for leading us in worship every single week. It's just beautiful. Man, it is good to be with you guys tonight. Welcome. Um, Thank you, first and foremost, Citizens Youth. Thank you for giving. We had this idea to make these bags to uh, try and bless people who need of these things. And you guys delivered, you guys came through. And so thank you so much. Uh, I'd love to make this something that we do pretty regularly. Amen. Does it sound good to you guys? Something we keep doing? All right, let's make it happen. Well, tonight we are in a uh, brand new series. I mean, man, we've been uh, in the book of Acts, just learning about and seeing how the Lord's uh, spirit moved in the life of the early church and uh, everything that Uh, God did through his people and the things that we get to continue to do today. And I think it's just so important when we meet practical needs uh, of people around us. And so thank you uh, for listening to this past series and for being attentive. And I've heard stories, right? I've seen you guys. I've seen a little bit of your heart shift and some perspectives change. And you guys have had conversations with people that maybe you were too scared to have a few months ago. And you had uh, went out of your way to tell people and invite people here to citizens. And we're seeing the fruit of that. And uh, it's just so important. And it is so valuable. So uh, I commend you guys and continue. Don't go uh, weary in doing good. You know, just because we're not now in a series about missions doesn't mean that we don't Uh, still serve God with our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, tonight we are starting a mini-series. Everyone say, ooh, ooh, mini-series in the book of Proverbs. Go ahead and open up to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs is pretty much right in the middle of the Bible. If you just kind of took it and like opened it halfway, you you might end up in uh, Psalms or Proverbs. And tonight we are starting a series called Love and Wisdom. Love and wisdom. You might see it on your card um, that you have taking notes on. Uh, Love and wisdom. The book of Proverbs is a part of wisdom literature in the Old Testament. And uh, specifically, Proverbs is a a list. It's a story, actually. And it's also a bunch of uh, small little verses that are all about wisdom. The uh, author was Solomon. He has written most of these uh, Proverbs. He was the wisest man who ever lived, and he did it to impart a few things. Number one was the fear of the Lord. All throughout the book of Proverbs, he is imploring his listeners to fear God over everything so that they may, that they may be wise. And so, uh, for the next three weeks, we're covering a, a series about relationships, human relationships, relationships you have with your friends, relationships you have with your family, Relationships you have with someone, yes, that you may like, like, what? Relationships with somebody who might be your boss or your parent or somebody that you report to in authority. So for the next three weeks, we're talking about these things. We're going to talk about our relationships with people who are in authority over us. We're going to talk about our relationship to people, yes, that we like, like romantically. And then we're going to talk about relationships with our friends. And I'm excited to announce in two weeks, we're going to have a Friendsgiving feast. Yes, it's happening. Two weeks from today, we're going to eat turkey and, you know, all the other things, mac and cheese, maybe mashed potatoes, things like that. But anyway, so love and wisdoms. Three weeks covering these three broad relationships. If you think about it, some of these categories covered like the majority of our relationships and the most important relationships that we might have. Because you and I were made to be in relationship with one another. If you think that you can live this life on your own, you're wrong. You're not supposed to. 
You'll miss out on the blessings and the love and the encouragement from community, but relationships are tricky. They're tough. They're complicated. And it's important that we know our roles in relationships many times so that we can uh, interact in an appropriate and correct way. So why Proverbs? Why here? Like I'd mentioned, it is wisdom literature. The whole book points to one thing. Be wise, fear the Lord overall, and be wise in the way that you walk and the way that you speak. And there's tons in this book that speaks to our relationships with authority, relationships with people we love, and then relationships with people uh, who are our friends as well. And so we're going to be talking about all these things. Love and wisdom, it should be the intersection of all Christian relationships. Love is such a, you know, fancy word. It's It's a word that we throw around a lot in our culture, right? Like, I love my wife or I love, like, the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, we just kind of throw it out. Go birds, right? I had to do it. I had to say it. I had to say it. Go birds. I love both of those things, right? You, you throw that word out there all the time, right? And they're not obviously on the same category, but in our culture, we kind of throw that word out there a ton. And you may love, uh, you know, someone you call your boyfriend or girlfriend. You may love your mom and dad, but all true biblical relationships, there is also an element of wisdom, And wisdom isn't just knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Wisdom is knowledge from God that is applied to daily living. And in high school and middle school, all of our relationships need to intersect at love and wisdom. Because when we don't treat our relationships correctly, when we don't follow God's design for relationships, when we decide to go all in on love and not so much in wisdom— or we're all in on uh, wisdom and knowledge and we decide to leave love out of the picture, it just isn't going to work. So love and wisdom, it's the intersection of all Christian relationships. And tonight in chapters four and then also in chapter six, we are going to be uh, seeing what does it look like for us as high school and middle school students to submit to our authority leaders in love. And so you heard that and you're like, wait a minute, I thought we are talking about love and relationships. Why would we start by talking about authority? Well, something that I think we have done along the way as Christians or as people or whatever, we have somehow begun to believe that love and authority are like mutually exclusive, right? Like if you love someone, then like you're not going to be in a relationship where either they have authority over you or vice versa. Or if someone has authority over you, there's no way that they could love you. And those two things just completely aren't, they aren't true. If you look at First John, we see God as the ultimate symbol of love in the universe. John says that God himself is love, period, end of sentence. All the characteristics, all the qualities, everything about God is love. And then throughout the entirety of scripture, we also see God as the ultimate authority in our lives as well. He is both of those things at the same time. He is our ultimate authority and he is our ultimate picture of love. And you and I, in 2021, we all have somebody that we sit under uh, who we would look up to as our authority figure. For everyone listening to my voice right now who's still living with their parents, it is your parents. For every single person in this room who is living with a, a guardian or grandparent, it is that person in your life. Then beyond that, we have um, parent, we have teachers, we have youth leaders, we have pastors, we have all these things. And God has designed us to live in relationships, but also to submit to certain relationships in a certain way. So is it possible that Jesus, you know, God, the picture of love and the picture of authority, is it possible that God has given us authority in our lives as teenagers because he 
loves you? Is it possible that God has given you a mom and a dad or a grandparent that you fall under their authority because he loves you? Is it possible that God's plan for teaching, for correction, and for learning to be more like Jesus looks like submitting to relationships with people who have authority over you? Because the thing we're going to see tonight is authority that God has given us, uh, it protects us from sin. It teaches us the correct things. It guides us in wisdom so that we would not go astray. And yes, true love corrects us when we are wrong. God's designed us for relationships with each other. And yes, relationships with authority where we fall into submission to that authority to teach us truth, to protect us from sin, and to discipline us in our walk. So Proverbs chapter four, I'll pray for us real quick and then we'll read this. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for um, uniting us together under the teaching of your word. Thank you for uh, this mission that we've been on to to put these bags together, to go out and to uh, serve a community that uh, we have been praying for and that we love. God, uh, be with us tonight as we are learning all about love and wisdom from your uh, wonderful book of Proverbs. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions, and be attentive that you may gain insights. For I give you good precepts, and do not forsake my teaching. So right there in the first two verses, we have to set the stage a little bit. Again, this is not a narrative. This isn't uh, an epistle. This is a poem. This is wisdom literature, and so we can read it in a way that might be different than Acts and Colossians and all these other books that we love uh, reading. So here, O sons of fathers, instructions. The first couple chapters of Proverbs, it's written in a poetic sense. It's almost this speech uh, from a father to a son, from a dad who has been through a lot, who has learned the way of wisdom, delivering wisdom now to his son, and he is imploring his son to be wise. And we, as teenagers, as high school students, right? I guess you, not me. We submit now, of course, to our parents and authority. So this is very fitting for us to listen to this in that perspective. Hear, O sons of fathers, instructions. Be attentive that you may gain insight. Verse 3. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. That's talking about wisdom. Love wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. The first truth from tonight's passage that I want to explore. Number one, God gives us authority to teach us the truth. God gives us authority to teach us the truth. This passage alludes in a poetic sense to an intergenerational teaching of wisdom and truth. It's the high value of this old man delivering to his sons. He's remembering when his father gave his wisdom, and now he's saying, son, I am giving you wisdom. It's this intergenerational transaction, right? It is this gathering together. It is this connectedness, and it is to teach us the 
truth. It's this wisdom passing down from generation to generation. And the number one thing he is saying here is listen. Listen. Be attentive. Don't forsake. Do not turn. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. It is this earnest sense of wisdom. It is this earnest drive to obtain as much knowledge as possible. And it is coming, of course, from a father whom this son would have submitted to or would have chosen to uh, submit to, who would have chosen to listen to the teachings of his father. And so God gives us, you and I, authority on this. uh, He gives us authority that we report to or submit to to help teach us the truth, to help teach us the truth. Newsflash, young people in this room, young people like me included, all right, I'll, I'll throw myself in that category, We don't know that much, period, end of sentence. We don't know a ton, right? Wisdom isn't just knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied. And many of us in this room may be able to cite Bible verses. We may be able to, you know, cite, you know, who was the president of the United States in like 1823. Like we may have some, you know, information in our head, but knowledge is living life and making mistakes and learning from them. Uh, Wisdom is knowing what to do with this knowledge. The instructions from the father to son is not a laundry list of do's and don'ts. It is learn from my stories, learn from my mistakes, learn from my victories, my pain, my blessings. Listen to the wisdom that I have. And as a wise son, also throughout the book of Proverbs, would have listened. God gives us authority on earth to teach us the truth. Because we may have the Sunday school answers that are awesome and we need to know, you know, the stories of Scripture and the right thing to say at the right time. That's awesome. But sometimes, and actually all the time, you need someone in your life who has lived life more than you. You need someone in life who has walked a path further than you have gone down and can look back at you and instruct you and how to go, right? It's like someone went through a maze or someone went through some sort of uh, training or something and they're able to watch you, right? To look back on their lives at the mistakes and the things that they did right and wrong and to guide you and to direct you. Listen to these things. Let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. See, the blessing of keeping the commandments of wisdom is life. The blessing of listening to those who are in authority, who have lived life, is life itself. And the opposite, of course, is death. And so it's this characterization of wisdom, right? This, this image of something that is to be obtained. It is this person to chase after. And the author is saying, obtain wisdom at all costs. God gives us authority so we could learn the truth from them and that they would teach us the truth. So God gives us authority to teach us truth. Listen closely. Listen closely. Are you listening to truth? Look at that. He taught me and he said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Imagine that, right? Imagine that you're on a scary like roller coaster ride and you're just gripping to like this handlebar that's like keeping you in place, right? You're just like holding on. Hold fast to my instructions. Are you listening When an authority figure, when someone who has uh, been living life or who has lived life more than you, are you listening when they're instructing you? Are you listening closely to when they're teaching you 
the truth? What's your posture when truth is being taught? Are you eager to listen with the goal of wisdom, right? The goal of obtaining wisdom, not just so that we can get the conversation over. But how are you listening to wisdom? If you're listening to your mom and dad, they're sharing some thoughts with you. They're sharing something with you. Are you immediately like, mom and dad, stop lecturing me. I got stuff to do. I got to go play Fortnite with the boys. Like, stop. (laughs) That wasn't, no, the point was the opposite. No, you ruined my illustration. Get out of here. No, uh, you know, like the, when your parents are instructing you, when a loved one is, is giving you wisdom, where's your heart? Where's your heart? Think about it. Are you lecturing? Oh, you're lecturing me again. This again. Oh, you don't, you like, you just don't understand. Okay, like I'm listening again. Where is your heart posture? Are you holding fast to the truths that you do not understand yet? Are you holding closely to the things that you don't know until someone else has lived them or you will live them one day? Are you holding on to that wisdom? God has given you authority. Nobody in this room is without it. You are not excluded from authority. There is someone in your life who you biblically have to report to, so to speak. Are you listening to them? You're searching for wisdom. We're just looking at the clock. You're just looking at you know, how do I get through this? How do I obtain this information and leave, right? Hear, O sons, my father's instruction, intergenerational wisdom. The wise not only listen, but seek wisdom. And the fool says, I know what to do. I've got this thing figured out. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you're running away from any sort of authority type relationship, you're going to find yourself in painful situations. If you're trying to design your life around any sort of authority, you're going to lead yourself down the wrong path every single time. Guaranteed. If you're interested in friendships and romantic relationships, but you're not wanting to submit to an authority figure, then you're going to just distract yourself from something that truly matters. So listening closely from wisdom and from an authority figure is a necessary for obtaining wisdom and walking towards life. But there's also another reason why God has established authority structures in our lives, and that is to help us avoid sin. Flip open uh, to the next page or two in your Bible, maybe just one flip, to Proverbs chapter 6, starting verse 20. Proverbs chapter 6, starting verse 20, verses 20 through 24. Again, it says this, My son, keep your father's commandments. There's a trend here. And forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp. The teaching is a light. And the reproofs of discipline are are the way of life. To preserve you from the evil woman, from her smooth tongue of adulterousness, do not desire her beauty in your heart. Of course, that is referring to sin. It's this characterization of sin. So it's number two. God gives us authority to protect us from sin. The imagery here is having the teachers from a father and a mother passed down to a son That idea of that wisdom they give you is a compass that guides you. It's a light that directs you. It's a map that leads you to life and away from death. Something that leads you to life, aka God's holiness, 
God's plan for humanness and, and life and living and godliness and away from death, a.k.a. sin. It's a light in a dark room, a companion to give you guidance. The wisdom here is don't ignore these things. Not just so that you would have knowledge of what is true, but that you would actually have the ability to do what is right and not what is wrong. And when we submit and we listen to authority, they guide us and direct us away from sin. They guide us and direct us away from things that would be sinful. It's like if you're on this massive hike, it's important to be prepared and to be safe, right? If you were going out on a five, six, seven, like 20 mile hike, I don't know, you would want a few things to help you along the way. Number one, a flashlight. If you're going to go out in the middle of the woods, make sure you have a flashlight in case you're hiking late or early in the morning, right? Uh, You want to go with a map, if you, know, you don't know where you're going, you need a map or a GPS or something. You're going to want somebody, this is preferable, somebody who has been there with you before. And this passage here, it says that wisdom and the teachings of those who are in authority over us are like all those things. It guides us, it directs us, it helps us stay from sin. Look at verse 23. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So often I hear, um, you know, well, nobody likes to be corrected. Well, you know, okay, getting corrected or getting disciplined, nobody likes it. But the book of Proverbs would actually say something else. The book of Proverbs would say that the wise love to be corrected. The wise are looking for feedback. The wise are accepting and ready of discipline. And the fool says, I don't want to be corrected. I don't need you to tell me what to do or not to do. See, one of the things that authority does in our lives is they actually discipline us when we're wrong. Yes, that looks like possibly being punished. Yes, that looks like having a difficult conversation where someone looks you in the eye and they say, you are wrong for doing this thing. But if you completely avoid, you know, authority, if you say, I don't want to listen to my youth leader, I don't want to listen to my parent, I don't want to listen to my grandparent, I don't want to listen to this or that person, then you are completely avoiding reproof and correction, and you are on the way to something that is going to hurt you. You are on a path that is going to lead you to difficulty. And verse 23 says, the reproofs of discipline, the correction that authority brings you, leads you to life. So those difficult conversations, those tough moments, those are you really punishing me right now moments actually can lead you to life and away from sin. Wisdom and teaching and correction from authority keep us from sin. So where is your heart when correction comes, when teaching comes, and yes, possibly punishment from that authority figures comes? What happens in your heart when you're being told you're wrong? What happens in your heart when somebody is saying you are wrong? Don't flip there, but Proverbs 29.1 says this, He who is often reproved or disciplined, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. It's this idea of completely rejecting any sort of uh, correction. Standing firm, stiffening your neck, like, nope, not going to move, not going to change. I'm just a statue. I'm going to completely keep the things I want to keep. I'm not going to listen to what my authority is saying. The book of Proverbs says that that person will suddenly, like a rigid statue, be broken beyond healing. And so as Christians, where are you at when correction comes from your authority? 
Because humility is key here. Remembering, you know, your spot as a son, as a daughter, as someone in a community group, as somebody in a church, you have to remember your spot. When a youth leader, when one of your youth leaders goes up to you and says, hey, you know, I think you should stop talking to this guy. I think you should stop talking to this guy. You're acting different. You're compromising on truth. You've been heading down a path that doesn't lead to holiness. What does your heart do in that moment? Oh, well, what do you really know about me, right? That's my favorite line. What do you really know about me? And it's like, I know more about you than you, right? What, what do you know about me? What, what do you know about my story? Oh, yeah, you're misunderstanding the situation. Oh, you've completely blown this out of proportion, right? Where does your heart go? Is your neck rigid, as Proverbs would say? Is your heart not moving whatsoever? Or when your mom or dad or youth leader or whoever says, hey, I noticed your attitude's been off recently. You know, you've said something that was completely not appropriate. It was out of line. It was out of character. And I want to tell you this. Is your heart in that moment, you know what? I need to listen. Sure, maybe there might be something that I feel like was misinterpreted, but at the center of my being right now, am I trying to listen to wisdom? Am I trying to listen to instruction, correction, and yes, discipline? Because that person is heading towards a path that leads to life. Where's your heart when correction comes, when those tough conversations come, when the discipline is there? Yes, when the awkward conversation, when the hard things happen, are you rigid? Are you trying only to protect yourself? Or are you willing to listen to correction? These people keep us from sin. So the Lord ultimately is the one who forgives us from sin, right? And it's not about just trying your hardest not to sin, like earning more points in heaven. But there's a call of the Christian to a life full of holiness. And so for me, you know, I like to think of this example. Sometimes when I preach, I literally stand right here. And last week I was giving announcements and I almost fell off. And I was like, ah, right? And so oftentimes in our lives, uh, you know, we look at sin and we look at the problem of sin and the disease and the sickness that it is, and we are tempted to think, all right, how, like, I know there's a little bit of a gray area in between. Like, I know it's sin. Like, I know, like, what is bad. And I know what, like, what is good. But, like, there's kind of a little area in between that's, like, fine. You know, like, how close can I get to X, Y, or Z without sinning? And many of you guys might know in your own heart what that would be. And you're like, well, what is sin? Right? Like, I know that is. And sometimes the question we wrongly put in our heads is, well, how close can I get to sin? And doing that is like walking right up to the edge of a stage. I mean, like, how close could I get to jumping and falling off a cliff? Well, no, you want to be as far away as humanly possible. And you need to listen to authority in your life who have accidentally jumped off the cliff and have suffered because of it. You need to listen to people who have stumbled and fallen and by God's grace gotten back up and onto the right side. Because those people are there to tell you the consequences of sin. And those people are there as a guardrail almost to say, protect yourself and protect your heart. Your mom, your dad, your youth leader, your grandparent, whatever it may be, they help us and they protect us against sin. So I know what you're hearing. I know I'm, I'm hearing it in your brains. I can read all your brains while I'm preaching. Yes, it happens if you're a pastor. Not really. But I, some people are like, really? Uh, no, I, I hear what you're thinking. Okay, right, you've mentioned mom or dad before, but what if my mom and dad aren't a Christian? 
what if my parents aren't Christians? Or what if I have an authority figure that I just completely disagree with? What if I have a teacher or a principal, someone that I don't think is a Christian that I disagree with, right? I hear that in your mind. I hear that in your thought. There is no person in this room that is excluded from still being under authority. And if you're in this room right now and you don't have the blessing, I think I know a lot of you, the blessing of having parents who follow the Lord is real and true in this room. But there are also people in this life who are willing and ready and will be your spiritual parents, right? I know so many people, very many in this room even, who don't have a good relationship with their parents, they're not Christians, but they found someone in their life who is older. They found someone in their life who is guiding them and directing them in the ways of Jesus. There's always somebody you can find. It looks like authority in the church or even in a community group or something along those settings. But the question is, okay, well, what if there's people that I just disagree with, right? Like, I have to, and like, I'm going to drag my feet. I'm not supposed to. I don't want to listen to them. I want us to, and I'll flip there for us. Don't worry about it. Proverbs 21, verse 1 says this for our final point. 21 verse 1 says this. Speaking to maybe people we disagree with or authorities that we're like, I don't know, I don't think I can actually submit to this person right now. It says this, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs his heart. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hands of the Lord. It alludes to our last point that God establishes all authority. God establishes all authority. There's an image here, right, of a, of a stream of living, of, of water that's going, uh, you know, downhill. And the Lord, just like if you were to put your hand in, uh, you know, a stream of water and kind of play around with it and kind of change the direction or kind of change the momentum or whatever, this, uh, the proverb here is saying that the Lord, he's in control of all things. And that stream of water is a king's heart to the Lord. God can do whatever he wants in the lives of people who you report to or that we fall under authority. Even if you disagree, even if you think that they're um, not smart or don't know what they're talking about, the Lord is in control and has established all authority. And every authority figure, whether they're Christian or not, will have to report to God one day. And so will you. And you will have to report to God for how you treat your authority, even when you disagree with them. We all are going to report to the same person at the end of our lives. And all authority is derived from God's authority. There's not any sort of special person on this world who has received a special amount of authority over God. Not a single person. And so I would say, as we're talking about authority, as we're talking about this topic, if there are people who are leading you away from holiness, if there are people who and I pray this isn't your situation, but if it's a parent who is, you know, not letting you read your Bible or not letting you pray, then of course there is a level of submitting to God first, like the book of Romans would say. But ultimately, I believe for many people in this room, that's not the case. And we have to respect and love the authority that God has put before us. And so the question is, do you trust God? When you're reporting to people, when you see people who maybe have authority over you, you're asking yourself, do I trust God in this moment? Because I think the way that we treat our earthly authority puts a magnifying glass over our hearts. It puts a magnifying glass over our hearts. The way we treat our mom and dad when they're in the room with us versus when we treat them when they walk out of the room puts a magnifying glass on where our hearts are in relationship, yes, to the Lord. 
the way you treat a teacher in class versus when you treat the teacher at the lunch table puts a magnifying glass over where your heart is, yes, before the Lord. If you truly believe that God has authority over them and that God has given authority to people over you. If you actually believe that's true, then the way you treat these people, the way you talk about them on social media, the things you say with your friends is reflecting your heart before God. And so the question is, do you trust him? Because submitting to authority on earth, even if we would disagree, ultimately shows our trust in the kingship of God and the sovereignty of God. And so do you trust God? Do you trust him that he has established all authority in your life? So all these things, all these Proverbs that we're looking at, chapter uh, four, chapter six, what does this all show? It's our main idea tonight. God gives us biblical authority to help us walk in wisdom. He gives you authority to help us walk in wisdom. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Obtain wisdom, hold on to it, latch onto it. And so, so many of you in this room right now, right, we're talking about relationships, and this isn't the most popular one to start talking about, right? So many of us want like the, the, the relationships with a romantic partner or the relationships with a friend or this or that. But it is important to recognize first that God has created a structure for you and I to thrive in. He doesn't create an authority figure over you uh, as a curse, but actually as a blessing for you to protect you, to teach you. And so the question is, are you listening? Are you trusting? Are you attentive to wisdom? Are you attentive to the things that are being corrected in your lives from authority? Have you stiffened your neck? Have you decided that you don't want to listen? Don't run away. Don't run away from authority. Don't think that you can run away, first of all, and don't actively try to do it. You need someone in your life that you're close with who you genuinely care for as a leader in your life. For many in this room, it is your parents. It's your mom and dad. And for some in the room, it could be your youth lead. It could be a, a grandparent. It could be a teacher who's a Christian. It could be somebody. But find someone. Because ultimately, running away from authority, running away from discipline, running away from wisdom leads us to foolishness. Now, ultimately, Jesus is our ultimate authority. Jesus is the one who has created this structure of humanity, of creation, he is the one who has established uh, in the hearts of the kings. He is the one who reigns above everything that we see. And ultimately, we couldn't keep all of our instructions. We couldn't keep all the wisdom. There's a reason why generation after generation has said this is good and this is bad. Because Jesus is our ultimate guide. And God is our ultimate guide in our hearts. And just like the father speaking to his son God is speaking to you and to us through his word by saying, listen to this. Listen to these words. Be attentive. Fall under the authority of this book and the authority of my son. That's who we end up uh, listening to and following and submitting to for the rest of our lives. Let's pray together. God, we love you. Thank you for this poetic book. Thank you for the truth that we are to be uh, followers of you ultimately. But you've blessed us with people in our lives that we could partner with and we could fall under in guidance and direction. 
We love you, Lord. Be with us tonight as we sing, as we uh, put together these blessing bags in our groups. Uh, Just help us to have conversations that are gospel-centered and uh, ultimately honoring to you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time we get to share. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing together.